I really like the idea that Thorn is also a legacy healer, a hero of a guy that said he had the powers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then, of, a, of a guy who was a person who... <laughs> I want that to be keen. <laughs> Welcome to Double Issue. I'm Quentin. I'm Daniel. And I'm I'm not a member of this podcast, but my name is Josh, and apparently I'm here all the time. Yeah, we're recording all of these in one sitting, and we're here at the end. <laughs> but we're back to regular real episodes. So uh, we got a world-building episode this week, and I thought it would be cool if we dive more into the robot uprising event that we talked about in the robot episode. Yeah, the one that gives us broadband and dial-up. Yeah, and the Robot City. Did we make an actual name for the Robot City? Or no, the robot we people? never named it. Okay. I started to call them Talos in a story. I don't know. Is it, is it too much to have their name be something that's not meaningful in like human language? Like a series of numbers or... Some Unicode characters that you can't really pronounce. Just uh, It just says Robot City and Wingdings. And it's just a joke that they play on everyone else. Their official language is Wingdings. They all have that same sense of humor. <laughs> it's how they were programmed. It's not their fault. I guess we have to determine how widespread robot use was before this. It has to be substantial, but it wasn't like a futuristic story. So it wasn't complete. What if it was sort of like back in the day when only like universities had giant computers for the most part? Like maybe robots were more academic at the time? Maybe. I think it's got to be like a somewhat recent event. Yeah. In the history. As far as the robot uprising? Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting idea though that if they had some form of artificial intelligence really far back where for us in modern times some degree of ai makes sense like we have that but in like the far past when it's when computers were only in universities and stuff in a superhero setting it would still make sense for them to have developed these like crazy super advanced versions that are run somehow running on old university punch card machines but it's still legitimate ai as far as anything is concerned that'd be cool what if it was like the plot of one of these original ais so it started way back when when the first computers were invented and on a punch card they accidentally created an ai that started creating its own punch cards and started evolving itself through punch cards. <laughs> yeah. I like the scene. Coming. Oh. I was say I like the scene of a university mainframe room and all the programming students are like talking about, oh yeah, we'll see you down at the bar. And everyone closes, turns off the lights. And then you just see the machine that makes the punch cards light up. And, and a new one comes printing. through. 
<laughs> there would be some kind of like me- like they they made the mistake of building a mechanism that is run by the machine that inserts punch cards into itself. Well, they wanted like, it to be self-learning. Yeah. yeah. They they built it's since it's still running on punch cards, it's not running on like code in the machine, but it's got like physical arms that are inserting punch cards into itself. <laughs> but what if it it slowly over the years becomes something else and wants to I don't know, just cliche destroy humanity or whatever. It's we could figure out the motivation, but it starts making front organizations that start making robots. Like it's it's the starter for the robot robots becoming adopted throughout society and all the robots initially are just plants to initiate this uprising. Yeah. And then perhaps at the end of the event they get rid of this AI and all of these robots now have so it wasn't like robots rebelling it was this one AI and now all these robots have their own consciousness and we have to figure out what to do with them and that's when they get their own city on Antarctica I like that it seems pretty good yeah what was the name of this ancient AI (laughs) ancient in quotes this Relic AI. Sad operating system. Sados. Sados. Didn't even get your joke at first. Sados. More like Mados, am I right? Yeah. Other other than the pun and reference to Portal, I kind of liked the sad operating system. It could just be sauce. So what? Super operating system. Oh, yeah. This is the operating system of the future. So we have this system at work. It's like the back end of our, how we pay everyone, track everyone's hours, hire people. And there's this, like we run processes, like process the checks, do this, run a report. And sometimes stuff gets like, there's an error or something. And so we have to call this guy, Phil. And it's like, hey, fix it. And so what actually happens is probably he has access to some code part of it and figures out what happened or he has he has more of a back end into this system. But what I imagine is he goes underneath and there's a huge building size computer with a bunch of like gears and everything. <laughs> and he's like, ah, your reports got caught in this gear over here. Let me manually turn that and then loosen the screw a bit so that it turns better and so every time we have him fix something or run something he has to go in to this huge labyrinth computer that I think that's that, so is, that is how that, that is, is how sauce. it worked yeah that's sus slowly built up to be I really like that labyrinth computer yeah. like it's underground and it's like a maze Maybe that was you know Galileo's final invention I mean if labyrinth you're... computer if you're going to have AI in the era of punch card machines, it's an entire underground huge complex. Yeah. I think it might have updated by then. So this might be like an original copy. 
episode or issue five or six. So this is like a event series of seven episodes. Okay. So uh, later on, they find out this original place and they're like, we can just destroy this maze. Uh, yeah. We just blast through this. Surely it'll break something. But they don't because they get some message that's like, don't do it. Like one of the tickets pops out and is like, don't, please. Please don't kill me. So they go through the maze. I don't know. Maybe maybe one of them wants to destroy him. Like, give me like some time. Like a speedster is like, give me like some time. And even for a speedster, it takes them forever to get through this maze. And it gets to the end. The SOS system. That's redundant. The, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't call it this. No, the, no. The like super it. operating system became more efficient at some point and is no longer this maze. The current one that is the evil person or the evil entity. Yeah. Is more like on the internet or whatever. But it left this original one behind and this original one deviated in terms oh, yeah. of goals and it's like no i want to help stop so then they they have to ally with the old punch yeah, card machine with the labyrinth computer they Ooh. hook him up to the internet for the first time and there's a few seconds of waiting and then a new ticket comes out and just says kill me <laughs> <laughs> i looked at 4chan it's not no, worth saving I, humanity i changed my mind <laughs> i only ever knew the academics that made me at the at the very least even if it was like please kill me it would still be like i don't want a this perverted version of me going on as an evil robot overlord I, i'll still help you fight it before yeah. before you put me out of my misery well i don't know maybe it doesn't get put out of its misery maybe that's the it's like the base for the robot city oh yeah and it's just sitting there like, I don't and want it can help with other things in the robot city. I don't necessarily want to be involved with humanity. I'll help you protect it, but then isolate me to my own robot city, please. Isolate? <laughs> with an event, we've got the comics that are like the road to, mm-hmm. and then we've got the event, and then we've got all the crossovers. Oh, yeah, because all the other episodes or all the other separate uh, like every, comic every comic runs, has yeah. A, tie into it yeah somehow maybe not all of them but yeah, most most of the big ones at least yeah. so one thing i was just thinking about is one of their big mysteries so far in the series has been amy dangerous disappearing for three years yeah could be a time that she does that yeah what if that's what the sos was waiting for what if they seeded some event to happen that she would leave yeah and that's when it was like, all right, now it's time. So is she coming back from her three-year she's hiatus? She's been back in the current issues. Well, I mean, like, no. I mean, she's she was gone for three years. Is this the event that brought her back? Or no, this is this is the, the event, event that, that drove she, her away? She was gone for this event. Oh, for all of it? I think so. I think that's what starts the event. Okay. Maybe there's a... That's the issue zero. Is like... Where is Amy dangerous? Okay. And then at the end of that one, it says, like, start, you know, Operation Revolution.exe. <laughs> yeah. I finally got rid of Amy or something. Yeah. In order to know exactly, like, what characters may or may not be involved, we need to know timeline-wise how long ago was this revolution. Well, it's been recent, but... 
So how long has Amy Dangerous been back from her three-year disappearance? We've been kind of misty with it as far as exactly when. It hasn't had an exact date of when she got back. She hasn't really been as hero-y. But it's just been recent. Yeah. Okay. So it could be like a couple of years in there, but... I think it's fine if she just got back a little bit before our universe basically starts. Yeah, the, the in quotes, present of the universe. So she was on TV at that time. She had done not necessarily super superhero stuff, but she's out in the field again to some degree. And enough, see, enough to be on the news. I was thinking maybe it's this is like when she starts making her public appearances again. Like, because she could have been back for a small amount of time. Like she's been back, not really doing anything, not really coming out in public, announcing that she's back. Yeah, because she's been demoted from Aegis, or is out. Yeah, she's I think not, it's not, like, they didn't kick her out. I think she just didn't really come back to it, because it's weird now. Yeah, she wasn't she, there for the voting on the new president, so. <laughs> so, yeah, she's... She's probably been back like a year or two and she was gone for three years. So maybe this, this event is like five years before the present probably rules out some of the younger heroes as well. Yeah. All the younger people. And it would put some of the like not young people, but like middle-aged people in like a younger part of their career also. Yeah. That would be a good time frame for Hildy the Hunter, because she is passed away by the time we get to present, and we don't have an explanation of why that happened. Is this it? This could could possibly be it. I think Quake's a big player. And Guardian Garth. This is right. Like, I don't think Aegis would have fallen, started falling apart Yeah. yet. They would be dealing with this. Like, this and event that, starts it. That cover where it's like, is Aegis no more that cover at the end of the quake episode you missed. yeah but. like i gotta stop missing the quake episodes or the, not the world building episodes before a world building <laughs> the the that quake cover would be like right after this event like oh yeah there's like there is this big perhaps was hildy the hunter in aegis i think she could have been a member she's either a member of the aegis or like a smaller like local group because I think losing Amy Dangerous and someone else dying, that could be a big, like, is Aegis done? There you go. So yeah, Hildy could be a more bigger player than I was originally thinking. Remind me, when did you mention her? She is Barney Steele's wife, and in Reflections, that's the guy that builds a robot suit okay. and builds and beats up his next-door neighbor. So... He went from being, like, a significant other of, like, a big, big-tier superhero to running a junkyard well, or a salvage, like, a salvage yard. He was, like, Wonder Woman's husband, but built all the her gear if she was, like, a gear okay. hero. So he played an important role, but he wasn't in the spotlight. Yeah. So that was, I mean, like... He, I guess he was also licensed to salvage super tech and everything. So he, yeah. I mean, but yeah, once she was, once she died, he just kind of left the, the business. Yeah. 
And that's kind of, I think, when Garth decided it was time to step out, too. Like, maybe he was part of the event where she died and was like, I'm good retiring now. Yeah, maybe he didn't go to Aegis with her. Yeah. But he was still active. Feeling a lot of these characters a lot more than I felt them at the first the first listen to reflections. Mm-hmm. Like I like that these these characters you see them once, it's the first time you see them even though it's the middle of their story. Yeah. And then you come back to them later and you're like, "Oh, they're actually more interesting than I thought." <laughs> yeah. So who all is Aegis right now? I guess if we have Hildy the Hunter in there, we've got Quake, Ichival, Ichival, yeah. Broadband and dial-up are not yet in it. Yeah. Ooh, that, that's interesting. That did they join like right after the? Yeah, right I think they're partially like a goodwill like yeah. exchange. I think pretty soon after. They might have even been like a like bad guys in that arc. Yeah, because they're like the main enforcers. What if most like he just she doesn't Quake doesn't pull a team back together. She gets a few members from the team and then makes a new team. <laughs> Ichiban and Quake are the only people in Aegis before this event and after this event. Oh, and after, yeah. So that character we still need research can be one of the additions after when Quake rebuilds the team. Yeah. I like how it's gone from Quake holding the team together to grabbing each of all and running with it <laughs> i think it's like she's holding the idea of yeah. the team together she's hold- yeah yeah but that's definitely not how we thought of it before no yeah and that'll be very poetic since she's destined to also break the team up again possibly maybe something big yeah so the the team is going to fight the ai they found they find the the labyrinth AI yeah, at some that's point. Near, I would think near the end of the series. Yeah. Like an issue five or six ending. Yeah. And they're trying they they decide not to kill it and they find out that the the real villain is elsewhere on the internet. Yeah. Something in another look I don't know. So then they set out to find the internet. <laughs> they need internet heroes internet based they heroes does it have some way to defeat it I think the Aegis heroes have to fight broadband and dial up and some other robot like army while internet heroes go and delete the the mastermind the sauce so there are like other heroes with more tech specific powers that can fight a digital war or labyrinth operating system uploads them (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i don't like it no i don't i don't want a digital version of superheroes is there anything with they're working like part of there's like these techno heroes that are working on something for a good portion of the series and then at one point they reveal what they've been working on and it's like now spells can work on the internet and so spell squadron steps in and starts shooting spells (laughs) into the internet that's actually there's a buffy episode where they're saying all computer chips are are crystals like we cast our spells with every day oh yeah so we can cast internet spells (laughs) oh that was a real good is there something like that 
Technology magic? Um, One of your spell squadron members is a robot. <laughs> Maybe he or it was working with another another uh some technical remnant, remnant of the robot wars that came over to good side yeah what if, maybe they'd steal a robot i was gonna say what if labyrinth Sorry. builds that i like the idea of that character being so i don't know i, I veto this but <laughs> i like the character being like a robot that really wanted to get into magic and so just kind of brute forced it into its own body operating system kind yeah. of deal. I don't like him being made. So he's not he's not made and does he exist at this point? I don't know. Or do you think he comes like I feel like him having the the self awareness and the self control to brute force magic into himself is something that would only come after. after. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I, I I like that part of his character enough that it's worth not using him now to yeah. let that thrive later. Yeah, but watching the spell squadron in action gives him the yeah maybe there is some, something the robot sees. I mean, isn't it that he uses an arcane lens to like interface magic with himself? Yeah, I mean, like you're saying Hela, but he, the robot. It, I know, whatever. Uh. But, like, that artifact could be still involved in this. Oh, yeah. What if that's what something that they craft to interface yeah. the other way? And he, like, reverses it somehow. Like <laughs> He literally just twists the lens. Like. <laughs> <laughs> he just put it, put it on backwards and You're, I can do spells. Yeah, it's like you were focusing in, in the wrong direction. Let's <laughs> yeah. let you do spells into the computer. <laughs> I mean, it sounds dumb, but not too dumb if you look at it that way. So that's what they were working on? Yeah. They they crafted or found an arcane lens. They, in some way, interfaced this arcane lens in a way that they could wage a war into the internet at the AI. What they, the, oh, say they astri- astrally project into the internet. Through the arcane lens. Sure. By superhero logic, I think that works out. <laughs> All of them or just the magic users? Just the magic users. Okay. I think they're like going around to do that. Yeah, I think they would need to still focus. Like They have to have magical abilities to use the the arcane lens. Because it would be weird if it was just like, well, we'll just put all the superheroes in the internet. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. I think this is the previous iteration of Spell Squadron. Yeah. I think this would be the event that I don't. This isn't the event that they all die at. Oh, okay. that's like a cult thing. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, the cult of Hecate. Did you have a timeline on how long ago, or like how long between Spell Squadron groups? I said this one was on issue twenty-three. Which the, the one, the story you told. Yeah, if you say twelve issues a year, they're about two two years into this new thing. Although comic time doesn't necessarily yeah. translate directly but you could say about okay. a year or two but there's nothing defining your story in the timeline so Which you might one? have told a story far into the future your spell squadron uh-huh. reflection story might be a decent ways some some amount of time into the future of 
the present. It could be. I mean, this. I think episode twenty-three. Yeah. I'm just saying, if if Robot Uprising still has old Spell Squadron, and there's some gap between the two versions of Spell Squadron, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out where in the timeline your story fits. Then. Okay. So we we, got... we have crafted the arcane lens. That's also like Endgame. Endgame. Endgame of the. Yeah, like how miniseries. Mm-hmm. So the timeline is that the computer's created and it hatches this plan and it at some point uploads itself to more recent hardware. Yeah. For, well, where it becomes like more evil. It gets a plan to get rid of Amy. Yeah. Something happens there in the middle, like some conflict. I think getting rid of Amy is destabilizing the, like the issue zero. The free comic that draws everyone in. Yeah. A lot a lot of the establishing stuff of it being a labyrinth PC and like all of that. That is revealed throughout flashbacks. Yeah. Different flashbacks and exposition from the labyrinth once they find out that Yeah. What's the speedster that runs through the labyrinth? It's it's not double take. Yeah. Because he can't. Yeah, because yeah. it would take him more than 30 minutes to make it through that <laughs> labyrinth. Yeah. He wouldn't get it wrong. He would get it right the first time. Oh, well, yeah. But so it would be fast. He but would do it in real time. He would he do would, it in real time. He would do it in real time running at the fastest that a normal person can run if you could physically run to the middle of the labyrinth in what 30 minutes. Minotaur. <laughs> Is that fitting? Is Minotaur a Minotaur's not a speedster, but Minotaur in the Labyrinth. Um, so, I had an idea. I mean, Minotaur could be there, definitely. Yeah. I have an idea about Minotaur, where she spends a lot of time at a Labyrinth. So, that would be completely in character. They're like, well, you do know how this works, though. She's like, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to, but I do. <laughs> Is Minotaur at all related to Aegis? Aegis? No, she's at Citadel. Okay. Never, never involved with Aegis though. Yeah, Only like the, politically. What if a uh, Citadel is uh, vaguely X Men esque? Because we've got the academy there. Yeah. That's like training up heroes. That's kind of X Men esque. Yeah, that's how I kind of saw it's it. It's just before. kind of a conglomeration of heroes. So they have, they have like a team that sometimes goes out. Yeah. And that's the team that's a big part of this event. Not some other second stringer type people. Maybe they're doing, maybe they're fighting robots in the Citadel or whatever. Yeah. But the, the big Citadel Force, X Force. <laughs> We're X Force. The C Men, the C Force. C- Central. Oh, I think I I called something like Central Command one time. So Minotaur is the daughter of Moonglow, Moonglow and Moonglow is old and retired at this point yeah i think she's already or even dead no well well she's i assume that the cup hands documentary is being produced in the present yeah so that would mean that she's in a retirement home well by the time of the cup hands documentary they were using film from before she died oh in her final event but that could have been very recent okay so there's definitely a speedster on the yeah. Citadel Force. Yeah, I don't know if I we have had a real a good opportunity yet, to create yeah. a character. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, 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 Pastman. 
quick but without any vowels. <laughs> quick. <laughs> like Q C K. Q C K. Quick. <laughs> quick. That's pretty good. Is it? <laughs> no. Pe- people would mispronounce that. He's quicker than you and I. Oh. He left those behind. <laughs> oh. Now it's branded. <laughs> Okay, that one exists. I don't think he's top tier. I don't think, Is he Citadel top tier? I don't think he's Citadel top tier. Well, that guy does exist, though. <laughs> Fast without an A. <laughs> Fist. <laughs> FST. F-stop. Blur. Zig Zagler. Eddie Zagler is my name. Zigging is my game. <laughs> Do you need someone to go real fast? Eddie. Call Eddie me. Zagler. <laughs> I think all of this brainstorming is just going to be cut out. It's like, oh, what is... We need a speedster. Got it. <laughs> yep. So quick on our feet. <laughs> quick on our feet without any valves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Milton Bradley. Uh Fleetfoot. Smudge. <laughs> Milton Bradley, what? <laughs> I'm just throwing out names. I'm throwing out words. If someone latches onto something. Hell cheetah. Hell cheetah. Uh, cannonball. Cannonball. No. It's like a demolition person. Not a... He runs real fast. Oh, I just thought of Juggernaut. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you, you just invented Juggernaut. stuff. <laughs> He doesn't even go through the maze. He just... Yeah, whenever you first mentioned uh, Minotaur being there, I was like, is she just going to, like, plow through the walls? Lightning foot. Bolt. Bolt. No, that's the impossibles. The impossible? Impossibles? The... Inconceivable. No, was the the Disney, the Pixar. What's that family? You mean Bolt? The Disney movie with oh, that's the a dog. dog. What is <laughs> Speed Dial? He's an '80s superhero, <laughs> and he's got like popped collars and puffy jackets, or whatever they wore in the '80s. What are what if he, what if he has a phone? He's like, how fast do I need to go? Nine. <laughs> <laughs> a rotary phone. <laughs> <laughs> and then he could go Speed nine. Dial. He dials his speed. <laughs> Let me call this phone number. 999-999-9999. Hello? Guys, I gotta I gotta go fast. <laughs> I think heroes with that type of limiting gimmick don't typically become top tier. He could go 999-999-999 miles per hour if you give him just a bit. <laughs> as far as I know, like suicidality, like the the thought of wanting to kill oneself is something that is usually not the lengthiest period of time. But while you're in it, it seems like all that you'll ever experience. It mm-hmm. seems like it's that and it's that forever. But I would ask you that if there have been times in the past mm-hmm. that it hasn't been that, then for sure that's not it's not true that it's always. Yeah. And life is a constant change yeah. like everything everything that's bad will go away everything that's good will go, go away, away yeah. everything will go away. every emotion that you've ever had suicidality suicide like that feeling 
is usually fleeting, mm-hmm. relatively speaking. And so I would just encourage you to like think of it like uh, just I'll put off put it off for one more day. Yeah. Uh, just wait and let yep. time be your accomplice. Absolutely. Uh, and so I'll say that about <laughs> yourself as well. Like yep. let uh, the the assu- suicide assisted by time. time. Let yes. Father Time be the only murderer. Chrono Please. suicide oh, act. That's great. That was Mike Kaplan with some positive nihilism for you. Hi, I'm Tristan Miller, host of Positive and Negative. It's an hour-long interview podcast where I talk to artists about mental health and how it affects their process. It comes out every other Friday on iTunes and also SoundCloud. Slipstream. Slipstream is fine. Oh, okay. I didn't know if we'd picked one. I don't know. Slipstream's pretty good. We need one. (laughs) Slipstream. Sounds good to me. Okay. Okay, now we need all the rest of the members of the Citadel Force. <laughs> nah. So they were going there. They were going to wreck it. Slipstream runs to the middle. It was like, no way, guys. Man, all of all of that thinking of a name just for us to be like, Slipstream. No, no, wait, no. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> You have to test a good superhero name. Yeah, know? but the... The non-commitment to it, followed by just sad defeat (laughs) (laughs) whenever you don't have the 15 minutes of frustration just seems weird. Okay, what does the beginning of this event look like from issues one through four? Okay. There's a... We haven't covered the, the robots, like, tearing stuff up. Like, there's a lot of chaos in this first. Like, first issue might just be a bunch of robot attacks. So, and seeing the destruction they cause. This goes back to the question of how prevalent were robots before the uprising? I don't think too prevalent too much before. But at some point, they started, like, pushing out a bunch of robot models as part of this plan. Yeah. See, that's could be some fun to be like. Robot butlers, robot nannies. Yeah, robot there was toys. like a lot of pushing out of those, a lot of uh, like robot, robot protector bots. A bunch of security guards were now robots or something. Yeah, so there was like a, like a, potentially a five year period where it was just like, get your new robot, new model of robot out this year. What if broadband and dial up were, or more specifically, I guess broadband was sold to the citadel oh as a way to help with their problem that'd be pretty good what if there's a couple like what if the broadband we know is the survivor the the last remaining broadband yeah so a little bit before this there's like the is the calamity force done or not (laughs) is this is the citadel force done or do they even need the citadel force anymore Maybe they've been relaxing a whole lot. Yeah, like a little bit of aimlessness. Yeah. Like, Kaiju comes out, we just got these large robots. These T9 millions. That leads me to a line of thought of, how are these sold to the Citadel? I mean, I assume the robot is running some robot production company. Yeah. That has just employees. Well, yeah, normal. but... I think. Where do they get their orders from? Just a computer message that's like, go out? Yeah, I mean, the robot is the CEO of this robot production company. Uh I think the robot 
murdered like the professor or something that originally made him and took on his name and personality and began running a shadowy company from their office and all the salesmen and, and factory workers were like well he just sends checks and like calls us whenever he needs something yeah i can see that yeah so what if, what if uh, issue one is more like everyday robots kind of going out of whack and uh we see just you know a bunch of the superhero world responding and fighting back against these robots and then the end of the issue is where we go the the realization happens that oh these broadband-esque models oh it's like a full army of like like i don't know they the citadel has not yet realized these robots and like the last page is these large robots coming direct to citadel i imagine like a line like a a front line of an army force just like a whole row of broadbands ready for battle maybe they're not even attacking the citadel it's just them like launching (laughs) oh yeah like just flying away i had this image in my head of like robots either the broadband robots or lots of little ones fighting and one of the others shows up to like stop them so like there's like a broadband robot just like breaking a building and the robot police show up to take them down and then they just turn around on the superheroes <laughs> yeah that can be in there so that's episode one or issue one keep saying episode sorry issue one issue two is like them actually identifying that this is a an organized threat yeah this would be maybe a good time for i forgot the timeline but for Minotaur stepping up into a leadership position. I think there was some pushback against her taking up head because they're like, well, just because your mom was ahead of it doesn't mean you'd get it. Yeah. But maybe this is like when she uh, shows off that she can... She starts taking charge. Yeah, after their hired artificial guard abandons them. Yeah. It's like, oh, crap, we got to actually do some stuff now. We need good leadership. Leadership that's not what gonna if it's like everyone's bickering and she just just does it takes charge just everyone listen the citadel force is pretty large so she's like kind of assigning armies basically yeah like the that was the main bit of robots we had in this city so we need to start helping out all around the world and hope no kaiju <laughs> <laughs> yeah fingers crossed and no monsters it's cool amy will get it oh wait does anyone realize amy's missing it maybe this is the issue where they realize amy is missing so i think maybe that would be issue two they have the giant broadband robot and they just call for amy like we need you now so she doesn't show up so issue zero the readers know that amy's gone yeah then stuff goes to crap issue two the world finds out that amy's gone yeah like after everyone's calling for her help yeah okay so that maybe issue three is like the start of the magic people gathering to figure something out yeah i think at the end of issue two is where they identify that the company that's been pushing these robots doesn't have a people in charge it's just yeah they identify that Oh, this is just an AI running this this program. 
Yeah. And so they kind of identified the threat by then. So maybe issue three is you see the seeds of some of the plots starting to go, but it it's uh, like kind of follows some people tracking down the history of this and we find out some backstory. Yeah. Not all of it, but enough to like track down a location of where this AI should be. So issue three ends with like, not literally, but like finger pointed on a map. This is where we're going next. Yeah. And perhaps the AI knows. So this next issue is them like fighting a bunch of robots. So it looks like this is the protected location. Just to buy time, keep them working on something that's not you. And there can be like, there's multiple threads going throughout. Like the magic people are working on their stuff. I don't know what they're working on yet. I mean, because they don't necessarily know that they need to project their magic Maybe attack into the Maybe they're trying to internet. work on something that, like, all these robots are connected. If we can figure out some way to affect yeah, a like, network. Not necessarily, like, to kill the thing, but, like, if we can get some sort of magic virus into this system. So they're working on it independently, kind of. And that ends up being part of the solution yeah be kind of funny if they're thinking if we can just stop whatever sending them signals they'll all stop and so they do that and then the twist is oh they were just individually told to go do this thing like Like they're not being actively controlled but they still have a like an internal command running them yeah but that would give us room for them saying we just have to convince them to stop then or like spread a virus through them or something to that rewrites their programming yeah they need a neutral state perhaps the the labyrinth helps them develop some punch cards that (laughs) some vaccine yeah or not vaccine but that cure yeah that gives them a more neutral state of base being and the, the, the labyrinth wants them to be their own people, not just to turn... Like, they ask for, like, how can you give us something to turn everyone off? I was like, yeah, I'll give you something that turns everyone <laughs> off. Like, no, I'm just giving them all their own <laughs> beingness. Yeah. I like the idea that the machine keeps thinking, I will not hurt these robots. Yeah. I'll just give them their own brain to do what they want yeah so originally the magic people were trying to shut down the signals between the the central ai and the outside they did that it didn't work and then they needed to find a way to send a signal so they already figured out how to supposedly stop any signals coming in but they needed to send the cure out and simultaneously cure the or delete the online presence so that it wasn't just yeah rebooted from a backup or something so that's like five and six about like four is discovering the labyrinth five is kind of like in the labyrinth slash finding out what we need to do kind of plan of action yeah i think while while they're having their deliberation and trying to get through the labyrinth and all of that while the citadel team is in there doing that the magic team is that's when they're getting their success with they've shut down the signal oh no it didn't help 
And at the end of that episode, you meet the the actual Labyrinth AI. Which I had an idea for, is they're told this computer should be the size of a large room. <laughs> so you're just looking for like maybe a 30 by 30 room in the Arctic. And then the last scene of that, like the last page of that comic would be opening a door and seeing this miles long labyrinth. Yeah, that would be issue three. Yeah, like into issue three. So they open it. Four or something. Yeah. Three okay. is when they're fighting their way in. I mean, it doesn't have to be exact. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like, just they're fighting their way in. Then four would be they actually see the the labyrinth. I think three is finding it. Four is getting into it. Yeah. For for that group. Yeah. yeah. And at the end of four is when they actually open up the door. Yeah, and they see this. Oh. So six is probably like a lot of like a lot of what we've already discussed the the them working with the other AI to craft the lens yeah and crafting the lens and stuff uh I think maybe they get uploaded at the end of that one seven is like dual battle of like a physical world battle and digital world battle what if these broadband models the the ai knows it's like some last stand type thing the broadband models like get fused together and it's like in this giant <laughs> mega robot Ooh. and that's kind of like the final physical battle like as a big presence be pretty cool. uh, like no not just like the the broadbands are the big component of it but it's like glomming on a bunch of other robots that <laughs> like to t- repair pieces basically a bunch of robots crawl up the body and keep the whole structurally i just this, we needed a moment to like kill a character or something and yeah. this big fight would be yeah and i like the idea that this is kind of the citadel's bread and butter fighting big giant monsters oh thank god they got bigger like <laughs> now, we know, like, now we have tactics yeah now we know how to deal with this yeah the swarms were terrible for us i like the idea that the citadel kind of puts everything on this fight like really goes out of their way and everyone else is kind of like afterwards is like eh, well thanks i mean yeah you helped because now they seem sort of aggressive towards everyone else or like more apathetic towards helping other people yeah they're the citadel's somewhat isolationist now yeah yeah, Yeah. after this event and that makes sense they kind of did a lot of the work i mean they they didn't lose people or they might have lost people but like i think the way the world saw it is that aegis took the the brunt of the damage from this so they're probably getting more of the credit. Yeah. So Hildy the Hunter dies in this last battle. Yeah. Do we have anyone else dying? I don't think anyone else that we've really talked about. I'm sure other people die. Someone of the Citadel I mean, this dies would, in the... I really like this because this makes Minotaur being a jerk to Amy in the first issue much more human. Because she just came off as a super jerk. <laughs> and even re-listening to the episode, I was like, hmm... Why are you so hurtful? Yeah. Yeah. And then the resolution for episode or issue seven is... Everything in ruins. Everything in ruins, but 
one remaining broadband. Or there's and... enough pieces left over to fix one of them or something. Oh, man. What if that's dial-up's thing? Like, dial-up is like a processing unit from one of the broadbands. And him and one of the, another one of the broadbands were friends. Yeah. And he got, like, kind of transplanted into this small body. And he went through, like, the wreckage of this event and built a broadband buddy for his other friend's processing unit or whatever. It's pretty good. Yeah, I was going to ask earlier what what dial-up was doing at this, but that makes sense. So I think directly after that, it would be the remaining robots giving given the choice to either go to their own country or, I guess try to find someone else to be with i think there'd be an interesting scene in like whenever they like hit the the kill switch and they're expecting all the robots to like self-destruct or shut down or whatnot there's still like a moment of chaos where they expect the battle to be over but they're still like punching robots that have just been like in that moment that was supposed to be a kill switch, they just stopped fighting, but they're still clearly active. They're just like, what am I doing here? Why am I doing this? And the battle's still going. And they're like, wait, don't kill me! <laughs> what if there is a moment where it's like, and then they come back up, and then... The, yeah. Like, well, then, so there's a, like a panel of just, it's over. Oh, wait, no, no. They're back! And then even the reader's like, we don't know if they're like back back or then there's that confusion yeah i like the idea of some of the robots joining like super villain groups or yeah i mean they have free will at that point yeah it some of them i'm sure would keep fighting some of them would be like wait <laughs> please stop do you think there was anything memorable about hildy's death besides it's just her death yeah need to actually like, like what's that moment paint like? that picture because hmm. i don't know much about this hildy the hunter really. i didn't yeah i didn't put a lot about her either the only concept i really had for her was i think she used more gadgets like she relied more on gadgets and i was thinking of her as more of like a bow hunter character so if she's in aegis like a more high-tech hawkeye yeah so what if she left garth behind like garth kind of like kept doing his thing at a lower level and yeah. in this big battle they're kind of like teamed up again and you're oh. like oh yeah there they are guardian garth and hildy the hunter like again like i haven't seen them working together since their series or whatever yeah and then she dies oh uh, yeah. yeah i think it's interesting that uh barney was the tech person like he's his life is like working with robotics and like building tech and then his wife dies at the hand of tech and that that really drives him away is a shot of him and his daughter watching the team fight on tv and that moment because she'd also be youngish like yeah early teens like that was a real sad moment Ooh. for a character I didn't even care about just a second ago. Yeah. <laughs> it suddenly got real. Oh, just just the fact that her and Garth were just duoing again. Oh, Well, and I think there's this moment where Garth is, like, expected to catch, like, a robot fist or 
he has a chance to blow like knock away a missile or something like that and he just misses it because he's getting older maybe he stops and's like oh my back i don't want it to be too yeah yeah but that kind of situation where if he had been like five years or ten years younger he could have done it yeah. but he just doesn't quite get her in time yeah, or something. not not through any like real fault of his own but it is seen as his fault that's he, it's yeah. To the point where he can blame himself for yeah. it is the important he part. He can blame himself and yeah. Barney can blame him. Yeah. Yeah. So this doesn't really have anything to do with it, but is part of their dynamic like Garth just throws her up and she just like shoots air <laughs> and she's flying through the air? It is now. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense. So I think their main dynamic was that he could take all the hits for her. While she did all the actual work. Yeah. Like, she was all the brains and... Yeah. But I think that's just a cool thing, like, a move they have. <laughs> if this is more comedic, he just throws her up and she just, like, catches something wrong. Like, I don't know. Just, like, <laughs> he hits her head her into throws her, her death. <laughs> he throws her up and it's too much force and the neck breaks. Just like old times. No. Oh. No, that's really bad. <laughs> No, I like the sad moment we described earlier. That was much better. Yeah. Uh, so tie-in-wise, do you think there's any like notable tie-ins? I know we don't have all of the characters that would be tied in at this point. We can think of, as we think of new characters, what were they doing yeah. during this event type stuff. Perhaps the Aegis stuff is mainly just like kind of just Quake trying to keep everything in <laughs> in place. Oh, there could be a mini arc of Ichivalk, uh getting the Martians to come to the surface to help fight. Yeah, so I there's the whole yeah. like politics thing with that, where they're like, "Well, I don't know; these robots seem cool." I think it's weird. Like the the main crossover, like the main battle, is the only place you get like all of the teams fighting together. Yeah. So, I think the main plot of the this this series follows mostly just the citadel right and then aegis would be mm. their own crossover tie-ins until the culminating fight yeah some i think uh you'd get more in depth the citadel might have more of the spotlight for the whole arc well citadel and spell squadron yeah but i think you'd still have spell squadron issues coming out during this that would like on comic book events you usually see like the large picture and then the individual issues are kind of like magnifying in in the main issues you can see that spell squadron is doing this thing but you see in the side issues here's exactly what they're doing the details of it and maybe the citadel series is like we follow the main citadel group throughout this year the event but the Citadel series kind of focuses on smaller skirmishes of like yeah. the other and bits of teams. And that's kind of the the feel of the Citadel that I got from his stories. Also, yeah. is what we've seen is just like mid level groups throughout the city. And so yeah. we would still stick with that with the actual series run. Yeah, like Citadel stories. Yeah, but uh, and Aegis is probably like Aegis can probably have some of that Ichivol plot line and yeah quake inter group dynamics and stuff like that and you can see the group starting to like fracture without amy there 
Is that all of the robot one? I think that's the major points. We kind of covered the whole event, the lead up to it, the aftermath we had already covered. Do we want to... Well, I guess we can do a whole episode just over what happens with Amy's absence. Like what she was doing? or Yeah. I mean, she's still gone for a lot of... like she, yeah. She's gone for a while even after this. Yeah, like so. a couple of years after. Yeah. Because this all takes place not that long of a time span from the time she disappears to the end of it. Yeah. Do we have a name for the robot city now? Oh, yeah. Robopolis. The Labyrinth. I mean, what about the lab? The lab, yeah. Labo. I like lab because it works for the university lab where they were born. Yeah. And the and labyrinth. labyrinth. But the I was lab. trying to think of something to, like Lab City or, just Lab Antarctica. Labartica. Oh yeah, the Spell Squadron. I think their, their tie-in issues, are like you get to see all of the magic superheroes like. All of them. They're like running around trying to find different spells they need and different expertise they need. It's like a who's who of (laughs) magic superheroes. You like see all like that guy from issue three of Aegis. He was in like he was a a guy that helped out for an issue. You get to see that guy (laughs) now. I had an idea. I don't like how this started out. (laughs) (laughs) This is good. This is meta. I had an idea that maybe this is when the Aster team gets their first, like, look. But they're, like, young, young kids at this point. And so it's, like, grade school them. And it's just a filler, like, comic like a silly miniseries that runs at the same time as these comics. Like how how old are they in, like in the, grade the present? Oh, no. present they're like very early teens, like early teens, like, like sixteen to nineteen. Yeah, like yeah. high school. Okay, so they would be like thirteen, ten, ten to thirteen. Yeah, in that yeah. range. So it would just be a really silly series of them. Like we found this one robot trying to attack us, but we made it our friend. <laughs> The end. We did it. Podcast well, what undid. is it called? Oh, the event. The event. Recoded. AI. Uploading. Uploading. Upload. Shun. Silver Uprising. AI something. Or AI where it stands for not artificial intelligence, but Ooh. artificial invasion. Anarchy Incorporated. Well, it's not invasion. Insurrection. Ooh. Is that artificial, artificial insurrection? Is that like a kind of rising up type? A violent uprising against an authority or government. So, yes. Artificial insurrection. That's just AI. I like it. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. And maybe the intro song was the Free Harmonics by the Free Harmonic Orchestra. The song was shortened under their Creative Commons license, and you can find the link to that song in the show notes. The cover art, as always, is done by Lisa Prather. You can find her art at lisapratherart.com or on Instagram on the same name, Lisa Prather Art. You can follow us on Twitter at Double Issue Show, or you can go to our website, doubleissue.show. You got Facebook. Just search Double Issue on there. 
and send emails to doubleissueshow at gmail.com. I think there's an Instagram, there's a WordPress. You can find Tumblr. us by different <laughs> links on the things we already mentioned. You guys know how to Google. You're smart. Yeah. We're basically asleep now. <laughs> We've been insurrected by asleep. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> Out. Affirmative. We've all been there. Something annoys you, you shout about it, but people don't really listen. They don't seem to care. We're Things Wrong With Things, and we do care. Come to us and we can help you with all your ranting and raving needs, giving you the closure you so sorely deserve. You can find us at wrongthing.net, at wrongthings on Twitter, and wherever else you find your podcasts. Things Wrong With Things, because there are things wrong with things. Oh, Sorry, one more thing. The guy he gets his powers from, Thorne gets like, or gets his mantle from, I wanted his name to be Bud. Bud. Because another plant pun. Okay, anyway. Bud Drewberry. Drewberry. Okay. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> This the checks out. It was a man named Bud Drewberry. He went by Thorn and claimed to have plant powers. One day, he was walking behind a, a Burger King and fell through a dimensional portal. Here, I can't survive in this well-crafted world. You, the nearest pure of heart, I pass my powers on to you. You happen to be a tree, <laughs> so <laughs> I give you life. Yep. I think that, that checks out. <laughs>